allow me, first of all, to mention that, uh, remind you that many of our choir members and the handbells are in Ireland right now. In fact, I got a phone message from one of them just letting them know that we, they were praying for us as we went to worship today. So uh, just wanted to remind you of that. Then there's a personal word. I, I know that there's a, a reception after the 11 o'clock service. Well, a reception is when you're coming. An exception is when you're leaving. So it's an exception they're having. Only you're not getting rid of me, so just maybe it ought to be called exception. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, I just want to tell you, it's been a, a great experience for me to be able to come back and be the interim here. And thank you, Andy, for all you've done. It's been a lot of extra work on Andy and also on Nikki. I mean, they had to cover everything. So I appreciate their extra effort and uh, excited about the new day. And I'll be here and helping out whenever I can. Hope I just can keep out of the way of you guys because you're really going up some new heights and new days. So thank you for everything. And thank you for your faithfulness and your love and prayers and friendship. Uh, and you're not going to get rid of me. I'm still going to be around. I've chosen a passage of scripture out of the ninth chapter of Acts, the 19th through the 25th verse. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man that raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. After many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him. But Paul learned of their plan. Day and night, they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. Oh, but his followers took him by night, lured him in a basket through an opening in the wall. Now, let us bow our heads for a prayer together. I pray, O oh Lord, that you will give to me your Holy Spirit, that I may be able to proclaim, as Paul did, that Jesus is the Christ, that I may be everything to this church and to this congregation in these moments that we share, everything you want me to be. Give us ears to hear what you have to say. And give us willing hearts that we may be good disciples, faithful followers. For this is what we want to be, and we pray that you will enable us. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. I, uh, 
I know that it's Bible school. And uh, I always loved Bible school when I was a child. First of all, they served the best cookies in, in, in town, and that was always a highlight. But it was in the summertime when I'd known where I would miss my friends. And so I would go to Sunday school, I mean go to Bible school, have a whole week with my friends in the middle of the summer. When I was a child and living in Louisville, Kentucky, I had had a teacher in Bible school named Mrs. Reynolds. She not only taught Bible school, but she taught Sunday school. In fact, she taught us in the first, second, and third, and fourth grade. When we were promoted, so was she. She was stuck with us. There was a group of boys. There was only one girl in that class. Her name was Carol Taylor. But Mrs. Reynolds had a way of teaching that really blessed us. She would often read us the Bible story, but she would have us act out the parts of the Bible story. And one year in, in Bible school, we were studying the life and the journeys of Paul. And of course, we, we learned of his great conversion in the dust and the dirt of the Damascus Road. When he was blinded by the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> but then how he got to Damascus and his eyes were opened and he began to preach with great power. And I can remember her teaching this very story that's in the picture that is shown behind us. She had us acted out. Uh, Eddie Roof and I were those who plotted to kill the Apostle Paul. And we were pretty good at that. But we were standing over to the side, guarding the door of the gate and waiting for Paul to come through so we could pounce upon him. But others in the class uh, were gathered with a rope and on a basket that Mrs. Reynolds had bought. And Carol Taylor was playing the part of the Apostle Paul. And uh, everybody in that group grabbed hold of the rope and were acting like they were lowering the Apostle Paul in that basket over the wall. For some reason, I've never been able to forget this passage of Scripture because of that teaching in Bible school. I can remember it all so very, very well. Some years later, I would hear a preacher preach on this passage of Scripture, one of the great preachers of America. And and he pointed out some things. He said, I want you to notice in this passage of Scripture that the people with the rope are unknown and unnamed. Nowhere in the Bible can you find the names of those people who were going about this job of lowering Paul to safety. But they weren't doing this that their name may be lifted up. They were doing this because they were faithful. They took hold of that rope and lowered him over the wall simply because they were being obedient to the leadership of God. 
And when I see these men, I think about all of the people through the years that have been so faithful in the church whose names are long forgotten. I think about how my grandmother taught Sunday school in a little church in southern Indiana for over 60 years. The preacher in that church had to ask her to quit teaching at, at 100 years of age because she kept teaching the same lesson each week. <laughs> but wouldn't you hate it to have been the pastor that had to ask her to stop doing that? But nowhere in that little church is a sign anywhere that says Amy Baird taught Sunday school here for over 60 years. She didn't teach that Sunday school class that she might have her name lifted up. She taught it that the name of Jesus would be lifted up. I think about the people who are ushers in the church. Week in and week out, they faithfully come, making sure that the sanctuary is ready for you to come to worship. Welcoming you in the name of Jesus. We don't have their names up in lights. Their names aren't even printed in the bulletin. But they're not doing it that their name may be lifted up. They're doing it because Jesus has led them to a faithfulness and to a doing something that is worthwhile. Same thing with choir people, singing in the choir. The people who teach Sunday school, their names are never lifted up. They're just being faithful. And when I look at this picture... I see those men working, holding on to the rope. They don't, they are unnamed and unknown. But then that preacher said they were unaware. They were unaware of how important that person was in the basket. They didn't know who that was. They just know that that person needed to be delivered. And so they were faithful, even not knowing who it was. Years ago, I was pastoring in a church where there was a teenage girl that had the uncanny knack to notice other young people who were kind of lost dogs. You know what I mean? She seemed to have this sense about her that there were young people in her school who were lonely and who were hurting. Most of the time, they were new to the school. And she had this uncanny knack of not only noticing them, but liking them and accepting them and inviting them to their church, to her church. It was amazing how she would bring them to the youth group meeting, all kinds of lost kids, week in, week out. It was that streaming group of people. She didn't know who they were or what they would become. She was just wanting to share with them the great love of Jesus Christ she found in her church. One of those young people that she brought was a, was a young man named Mike Loomis. She didn't know who Mike was. He just knew he was lonely and he and his sister were just moved to town. She invited him to church. Today, Mike is a preacher. He's almost getting ready to retire. But he's a preacher in, the, in Florida, Methodist preacher. 
She didn't know who he was. She just knew that it was somebody who needed to be with Christ. And you know what else? There's a whole host of people who years and years ago started sacrificially giving to the building of this church. They didn't know that one day Andy would be here, I would be here, you would be here. They had no idea you would be coming to this church. But they were just being faithful to the task, knowing that you would need the unique witness of this church in your life. They didn't know you were coming. But they were preparing for you, even though they didn't know you. Now it's our turn. It's our turn to do that for other people too. So I want you to look at that picture and see that these unknown people were unaware of what they were doing, but they were also, that preacher said, unwavering. They didn't quit. They stayed with it until the job was completely done. I believe that within us there is a tendency, though, as human beings, to quit, to give up. I think we even are aware of that in ourselves, that there's that tendency. You know, when Jesus met in the upper room with the disciples, he said, one of you are going to betray me. One of you is going to quit. And you know what? The scripture said every person there asked, Lord, is it I? Because they knew that within themselves there was the tendency to deny, to quit, to betray. That's part of being a human being. But watch out. Watch out. Don't quit. Stay with it. Don't let go of the rope. But then I want you to notice in that picture the basket. I think the basket is the church itself when the church is at its best. The church is an instrument of delivery. The church is what delivers us when there's some kind of wall we need to get over. Some kind of forbidding wall that stands in the way. The church is there to help us get over that. The church is what lowers us when we have some mountain to climb to to deliver us to safety. But it's also what lifts us up when we're at the greatest depths. The church is what it ought to be, is what we are when we're together. And you'll notice that this is a small group, three people. We need that small group. In a big church like this, it's easy to hide. You know what I mean? It's easy to get lost. But we need a small group to get into where we can have people to hold on to us and that we can hold on to. We can have a group that knows us, that loves us, that cries with us, that enables us to laugh again. We need to hold on, not just to the rope and not only to the basket, but we need to hold on to each other. And then I would suggest to you that we need to hold on to the cross. There was an old uh, country uh, gospel song 
when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. I need that. I don't know if that's good music or not, but it's good theology. When Jesus was on the cross, I was on his mind. So were you. You know how I know that? Because he said from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It is through the cross, the blood of the Lamb of Jesus, that we are washed clean of all our sins, not just some of our sins, but all of our sins. And the church is always lifting up the cross as the help, the hope of the world. Jesus and his cross is our Savior, our Deliverer, our Healer, our Friend. We need to hold on to the cross. We can't let go of the rope. We can't let go of the basket. We can't let go of each other. And we can't let go of the cross. Though that is the human tendency. The songwriter said it. Oh, to grace. How great a debtor. Daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter. Bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Here's my heart. Here's my heart. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. When you don't let go of the cross, you have victory in Jesus. And that's the truth. Amen. And now may the blessings of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you, abide with you, and keep you in his peace, grace, and glory, now and forever and forever and forevermore. Amen.